Greg Kelly. The latest breaking news and opinions. Entertaining and informative. Wow. Ukraine. Way to go. Holding off those Russians. This is this is amazing. This is such fight, such spirit. Russians are kind of screwed. They're invading a country. You know, when you're invading a country because you're ordered to, your your heart's not in it. The American troops, their heart wasn't in it when we went over there to uh, invade Iraq. Shortly thereafter, it was like, what the hell's going on here? Going all the way around the world to invade another country. The, uh, I hate to say this, it, the moral superiority in a weird way was on the side of the uh, of the bad guys in a weird way. You know, we went looking for a fight over there. And now the Russians went looking for a fight in Ukraine. And the Ukrainians are saying, no way. They have shocked the Russians. It's they have shocked them. They did not have any idea that these folks would put up a fight like this. I think they thought it was going to be over and done with very quickly. Uh, they're fighting in the streets. They've got the Molotov cocktails. They're handing out um, 50-year-old Kalishnikovs to 60-year-old men, and they're using them. It's wild. And you know what? The whole world is, like, reminded again why we don't like war. Why war must be fought as a last resort. It has to be a last resort. You know who knows that more than anybody else? People who have actually been to war. Um, I will include myself in that category. It is a great, big, colossal mess with all kinds of death and destruction. Seems obvious, but you'd be surprised what people convince themselves. Those who have never seen combat, they think, oh, it could be a clean insertion. We'll have very few casualties. Intelligence tells us that the Iraqi army will fold in a minute. All that stuff. The Iraqi, the, uh, the, the Ukrainians are no match for us in all that stuff that they were fed. This is a shock. This is big time. And, oh, by the way, there's a lot more that goes into combat than, uh, you know, dropping bombs and shooting people. It's a great big logistics nightmare. You know, the convoy? Imagine the convoy. There's a convoy going across America right now. Now, imagine if they could not pull over and get gas anywhere. You know, tanks can't just pull up to the gas station. No, they have special fuel. It's actually jet fuel. It's got to be brought to them. It has to be, uh, you have to have lines of communication, logistics lines, supply lines, and keeping those things maintained, keeping them flowing, keeping them defended, that is hard. And you have to have a massive army to do it. And Russia has a big army. I don't know if it's quite big enough. And they're going into Ukraine uh, from the south, from the north, from the west. They they have made this very complicated. And I think they are like, oh, boy. And what does Vladimir Putin know? Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin. What is he thinking right now? What are they telling him? You know, sometimes they don't tell the boss uh, bad news. But if I know it, he knows it. And how do I know it? I know it by looking at social media. I'm watching Instagram for the most amazing. I don't even find myself watching the news all that much. You know, it used to be we would watch CNN. You know, remember the Gulf War and you had, uh, what was his name? Bernard Shaw on the balcony, you know, just watching, you know, from five miles away. He was on the balcony of some hotel and it was like fireworks way off in the distance. That was cutting edge at the time. Before that, what, Vietnam, morally safer, walking around with the troops. And three weeks later, we'd finally get the footage it had to be developed. It had to be flown back to uh, 
America, all that stuff. World War II, months would go by before we'd have really (laughs) any visuals. And, yes, they were filing dispatches and that kind of thing and radio reports, Edward R. Morrow. But we were really in an information blackout here in America. Let's see. Um, More recently, the Iraq War. And I can tell you that we were providing pretty amazing pictures but there were only a few of us, only a couple of dozen people. I was one of them. I was embedded with the 3rd Infantry Division of the United States Army. Went into Iraq, crossed the border all the way up to Baghdad. We we had live pictures from our Humvee. I had a little special satellite hookup, and it was it had never been done before. Live from a war, uh, on the move like that, that was that was pretty incredible stuff. But it was limited in that there weren't many able to do that. And uh, most of it was going pretty well. Once we got to Baghdad, it was really, really intense. Anyway, it was just bits and pieces here and there. Uh, Now, everybody in the world has a cell phone. Everybody can see the carnage. It's something else when you see dead bodies in the street. Uh, Instagram, if you're on Instagram, that's where... That's where you can see this stuff, more so than Twitter. I don't know why that is. But I'm seeing um, not ju- not so much fights as they happen, but the immediate aftermath, you know, burned out tanks, dead bodies all over the place. And then you see the uh, evacuation. And, you know, the, the, these images, this is stuff that people don't like. This is why uh, people are kind of rallying around Ukraine. Give them, Give them everything you can. Help them. Now, a lot of this help is coming too late, way too late. You know, we're, we're sending over even more Javelin missiles. And, oh, by the way, Javelin missiles were not delivered by the uh, Obama administration. Hey, we got any of that Trump stuff from CPAC? He was terrific. He was really great over the weekend. And, by the way, he called this an atrocity. He called this appalling. He called it all kinds of things. Yeah, I'll take it. Right. And all afternoon, the fake news has been trying to get everybody to condemn Trump. Can you believe what Trump said? All right, let me see here. Let me see. This is Trump on the uh, on the war. Cut 50, please, at CPAC. Cut 50. The Russian attack on Ukraine is appalling. It's an outrage and an atrocity that should never have been allowed to occur. It never would have occurred. We are praying for the proud people of Ukraine. God bless them all. God bless them all. Now, how presidential is that? That's a beautiful message. And he's unequivocal. It's an atrocity. You can look up atrocity at the United Nations. That has legal connotations. It it connotes genocide. It connotes war crimes. It's about as strong a word as you can use. The next morning, I turn on the fake news. I turn on George Stephanopoulos and the Sunday show, and he's trying to beat about the face and breast, chest, neck, and head. Tom Cotton just busting on this guy. Tom Cotton's a brilliant uh, senator, U.S. senator from Arkansas, veteran of the Iraq War, also happens to be a Harvard Law graduate. You heard what Trump just said. Now, look at how Stephanopoulos tries to frame it. Cut 42, please. You've never made that mistake. It is true. You've been stalwart in your opposition of Vladimir Putin. The same cannot be said for the leader of your party, Donald Trump. Uh, last night, he finally condemned the invasion, but he also repeated his praise of Putin, calling him smart. Earlier in the week, he called him pretty smart. He called him savvy. He says NATO and the U.S. are dumb. Are you prepared to condemn that kind of rhetoric from the leader of your party? 
George, you've heard what I have to say about Vladimir Putin, that he is a ruthless dictator who's launched a naked, unprovoked war of aggression. Thankfully, the Ukrainian army has anti-tank missiles that President Obama would not supply, that we did supply last time Republicans were in charge in Washington. That's why it's so urgent that we continue to supply those weapons to Ukraine. So I I tell you what, this Tom Cotton reminds me of a young Abraham Lincoln. So Stephanopoulos there, what does he want Cotton to condemn? That Trump said Putin is smart and that he's savvy and that the United States has been – why condemn that? How is that – Putin's been called a lot of things, not dumb, right? You have to condemn that? Now, it wasn't just one question. It was like seven questions. It goes on like this. Cut 43. Why can't you condemn Donald Trump for those comments? George, if you want to know what Donald Trump thinks about Vladimir Putin or any other topic, I'd encourage you to invite him on your show. I don't speak on behalf of other politicians. They can speak for themselves. I speak on behalf of Arkansans, who I talked to this week and who are appalled at what they saw in Ukraine. And they want me right now to fight in Washington to support those brave Ukrainians. All right. (laughs) He's not done. Stephanopoulos tries again. Cut 43. The next one. You're a senior member of the Republican Party. Donald Trump is the leader of the Republican Party. He said last night again, suggested that he would be running for president. When Fox News asked him if he had a message for Vladimir Putin, he said he has no message. Why can't you condemn that? I feel quite confident that if Donald, that if Barack Obama or Joe Biden said something like that, you'd be first in line to criticize him. Again, George, if you want to talk to the former president about his views or his message, you can have him on your show. My message to Vladimir Putin is quite clear. He needs to leave Ukraine unless he wants to face moms and teenagers with Molotov cocktails and grandmothers and grandfathers with AK-47s for years to come. I'm speaking on behalf of all Arkansans who want me to send that message to him. Now, can we review for a moment what Donald Trump actually said at CPAC on Saturday night, uh, 16 hours before this interview you're you're listening to between Stephanopoulos and Tom Cotton? One more time. Cut 50. Donald Trump on what Putin did. Cut 50. The Russian attack on Ukraine is appalling. It's an outrage and an atrocity that should never have been allowed to occur. It never would have occurred. We are praying for the proud people of Ukraine. God bless them all. God bless them all. It's, it's about as an appropriate a message as you can come up with. And Stephanopoulos tries to get him to condemn it because he called Trump, uh, he called Putin smart. But listen to what he said. Cut 45. Here he goes again. The fake news. They can't get enough. If Donald Trump runs again, can you support him? George, I'm not worried about this fall's election right now, much less an election two years from now. I'm focused on the naked war of aggression that Vladimir Putin has launched in Ukraine right now. There is not a moment to lose. We can worry about electoral politics down the road. All right. So that should really answer it, right? He has now asked him about Donald Trump and what he said four times. You would think that's it, right? It's not. Last one. President Trump was former President Trump was out there talking about it last night. I simply don't understand why you can't condemn his praise of Vladimir Putin. 
George, again, I don't speak on behalf of other politicians. They can all speak for themselves. I'm delivering my message to you, which I said has been clear, whether Barack Obama was president, whether Donald Trump was president, and now whether Joe Biden was president, that Vladimir Putin has been a ruthless dictator for years. Too many people have not taken the threat seriously, and that's why you see the images we see in Ukraine now. And where we need to focus is on stopping that aggression, supporting the Ukrainians as best we can. So uh, how's that for fake news, huh? How is that for fake news? Oh, by the way, speaking at the New York Republican Convention, it's underway right now. A.J. Katsimatidis. You know about A.J.? She is an amazing young woman, brilliant woman, NYU graduate, and she is the leader of the Republican Party in Manhattan. Follow her on Instagram. Uh, Amazing pictures and great political stuff, too. A.J. Katsimatidis. Now, it's true. She is the daughter of the uh, owner of this radio station. Uh, uh, long before I worked here, I was a big admirer of A.J. Katsimatidis. She's smart. She's on it, has a tremendous sense of history, and uh, she is the leader of the Republican Party in Manhattan. Let's face it, uh, they need more Republicans. You'd be surprised. More and more people are saying uh, when no one's around, when they think it's, you know, the coast is clear, they're like, yeah, I like Trump. This has got to stop. This is people even... Uh, liberals are looking around and asking themselves, why are teachers demanding that our uh, children choose gender at the age of four? I mean, like uh, the gender's already been decided by God. If they want to revisit that when they're 18, okay. Let's not talk about it in first grade. Fair enough? Fair enough. Um, all right. One last thing on Putin, and I'm not praising him. He's a nut job. He is smart. But I think one of the problems is he believed his own press. And that reminds me, I know that on this week with George Stephanopoulos, they praised Putin plenty over the years. Oh, he's smart. Oh, he knows this. Oh, he's uh, he's been on the cover of magazines. And uh, it's always kind of glossed over what a ruthless son of a you-know-what he is. He's had reporters killed. He's had rivals killed. One of the reasons why I believe the invasion of Ukraine is going so poorly for the Russians, the Russian people have big problems. Number one, uh, half of them are alcoholics. They drink like crazy. You can look up their life expectancy of your average Russian man. It's 10 years younger, 10 years earlier than the average Russian woman. It's like 68 for a man, 78 for a woman. You still read about plane crashes over there and train crashes. You know, most civil societies have moved beyond because they're drunk all the time. I'm sorry. It's true. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. This is the Greg Kelly Show. Hey, how's that doctor doing? The one who was hit in the head. As she left work, what was her name? Uh, hey, Lydia, what was that doctor's name who got hit in the head on Thursday night? Nina Rothschild. I hope she's doing well. Some idiot cracked her skull, some career criminal, as she was um, getting onto the train in Queens. And uh, just awful. It's all on videotape. Now, they made an arrest, I hear. They got the guy they think did it. I hope it's him. But this is an This is a city on edge, and it should not be this way because of the false anti-cop narrative. 
that flourished under de Blasio is accelerated now. Black Lives Matter summer. We hired an anti-cop mayor who has no ideas. He's such a dummy. All he knows, ask him how to wear a suit. Ask him about clothes. He'll tell you everything you need to know. But Eric Adams fighting crime, it's a joke. It is a joke. Two weird things happened to me this weekend. A guy lunged at me. You know, you're walking down the street. Kids used to do this every now and then. And it's one thing if you're a kid. But, you know, you're walking down and you just like kind of, you frighten somebody. You go up to him like, you step at him like that. Step. Guy did that to me. And, yeah, he got it. He got the preferred reaction. I, I, and he's like, ha, ha, Um. So what do you think I did? I followed him for a block and a half. <laughs> I just, I, if I, 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 that's all I could do. I, I, I just, I was so steamed. Now, if I saw a cop, I would have said that guy just did something. But then, then again, what did he do? Did he break the law? Technically, no. Something else. Another, a damn. They used to call it panhandling. You know, somebody asking you for change. It's implicit robbery. It's it. The message is, if you don't give me money, you may stand a chance of getting hurt. And I had a guy get very aggressive, right, got right in my path. This is the second time that's happened in the past month. I didn't give him anything. Uh, that's that's a mistake. You want to. You also don't want to mouth off to them. I sound like somebody who's going to mouth off. I, uh, I, I've i made that mistake before. You want, to, you want to end the interaction as soon as possible. And I think about going to the cops. You know what? I don't know. I mean, look, again, that's a, that's a quality of life thing. It's a quality of life thing. And you need an aggressive, proactive police department to handle that. Now, when you question the police, when you undermine the police, uh, when the public at large seems intent on catching them, making a mistake. That still happens, by the way. Cops show up. Used to be, uh, he went that way, officer. Now it's breaking out the cell phones and uh, trying to catch them, trying to go viral. So city is slipping away. I'm glad that woman survived. I hope she does you know, make it out of this thing. Dr., uh, what was it, Rothberg? Wishing her all the best. Um Hey, thank goodness we sent all those anti-tank missiles to uh, Ukraine. Uh, it's true. Obama sent blankets and uh, Trump sent missiles. Biden sent a couple of missiles, but he started about 10 minutes ago, way too late. And since they didn't have more of them, it made it made Putin even more likely to go in. All right, let me just see. Uh, a couple. He, he was fantastic at CPAC. you got to make an appointment to watch this speech. Uh, Cut 47, Trump Saturday night. The world is always safer when America has a strong president. America has to be strong, and it needs strong leadership. And you see what happens when you have bad, weak, or incompetent leadership. It's a travesty like nobody could believe could happen in such a short period of time. The world is always in danger with a weak American president. It's true. And what a stunning display of weakness over the weekend. Joe Biden just taking the weekend off, just going off to some secluded area in Delaware. You know, we give these guys the White House for a reason, right? So they can kind of stay on the job. Why is he going back to Delaware? Um, And now he just got back this morning. 
Now, when you come back on Monday morning, you know, you're not really that into it. You're cheating. You're cheating. You're supposed to come back on Sunday night. He came back on Monday morning, and he has the strangest walk, the strangest gait. It's There's something up. He, like, picks up his knee, and he swings his lower leg in the most odd way. I'm watching him right now. He gets off the helicopter. By the way, no one is around him. He's in. He has to walk about 50 yards to get to the Oval Office. He's outside. And he's wearing a mask the entire time. You know, image is everything when you're president. It, it is important. And you got to take that thing off. Now, I was indoors the other day. I was wearing a mask, and I forgot to take it off because I had to wear it inside. And then I left, and uh, I looked like Biden probably did. But Biden, he's got people to remind him of this stuff, or you would think. Anyway, very pathetic. Give me a minute. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. This little rule of thumb changed my life. From Jordan Peterson, don't compare yourself to anyone else. Compare yourself to who you were yesterday. And uh, who I was last week was a guy who could run 1.3 miles at a 10-minute mile pace. And then, today, I am a guy who can run 2.1 miles at a 10-minute mile pace. Now, I know that's very slow, and we got you triathletes out there and those hard bodies or whatever. I don't care. I just love it that I am improving on my own crummy time. And pretty soon, it's not going to be that crummy. Don't compare yourself to anyone else. Compare yourself to who you were yesterday. And you know what? You get you 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 take pride in these little victories. Not too many people out there would be happy about running uh, 2.1 miles in 21 minutes. But I am because I know the trajectory. Keep it up. I'll try again uh, tomorrow, maybe the day after tomorrow. All right, what do you guys think? Anyway, let's see. Maria is on the phone somewhere in New Jersey. Hi. Hi. Hi, Greg. Thanks for taking my call. First of all, just before I make my comment, you were pounced this weekend by somebody? Well, pounced. I don't know if I used the word pounced, but I uh, somebody stepped to me. You know what I mean? Somebody kind of made a very sudden movement to s- deliberately scare me. You know, you'd, you'll be the second conservative. I'm the only one in my whole town. But anyway, the, uh, what I'm uh, calling about is uh, President Trump's speech Saturday night at CPAC. Yeah. I adore the guy. I'm his number one fan. Of course, I watched him. But every time he brings up the 2020 election, I kind of cringe. I know it was unfair. I know, as I like to call Joe, the imbecile in the White House did not receive 80 million votes. But Don has got to put it behind him. He's got to concentrate on endorsing great conservative candidates for 2022, us taking back the House and the Senate, and him, uh, you know, announcing for 2024, which he really did on Saturday night. And onward and upward to the White House. And Maria, you know, uh, I disagree with you. Uh, if they rigged it once, they'll rig it again. And the people who are evil enough to play games with our election are evil enough to kind of create this media world where somehow we can't talk about it, where I can't feel free to talk about it. And and you, as much as you love Trump, you know, they've gotten even to you. Uh, he needs to move on. We don't want to hear about that. I tell you what, the more I learn about the election, the more I want to hear about it, the more I want to talk about it, the more I want to study it. I mean, there are all kinds of problems there, and they will do it again. They will do it again, Maria, especially if Trump is the nominee, as I hope he is. They'll rig it all over again. 
So you can't shy away from it. You can study it. You can know what they did. You can make sure that they don't do it again. Does that make sense? Am I, uh, you know what I mean? I know, but you know what? I think people, Americans, are getting wise now, and we're not going to let it happen again. We're not going to let it happen well, again. I, I just, you know what? He's the one. Guess, get, get this, though. They didn't steal it. They didn't rig it for me. I I don't like to say the word steal. I literally can't prove that it was, but I can prove that a lot of the votes were cast, were unfair, were against the law. Can I prove that it was stolen? No, but I can prove that it was rigged, especially Pennsylvania. The, the, you know, you're you're not the victim here. I mean, we all are, but the one they rigged it on was Trump. And if he wants to talk about it, he should. And I think he should, actually. Maria, thank you. We can agree to disagree. And I know there are a lot of people saying what you're saying about that. But I, I, I want to know more about the 2020 election. Ted in New Jersey. Hello. Yes, yeah, uh, Greg. First off, you know, thank you for your service in Iraq. OK, I hear you talk about this every day. Well, technically, I didn't. I mean, let me just tell you this. I, I flew over Iraq enforcing the no fly zone in the 90s. The most combat I saw over there was as an embedded correspondent. I was with Fox at the time. I spent almost a year there altogether. Uh, I was a civilian, uh, technically. I was uh, I was not in the military during the invasion. But I was. I did fly over Iraq in OSW, Operation Southern Watch. But continue. You are paying me a compliment. Okay. <laughs> Let's go over what was accomplished in Iraq. Wait, what okay. are you wait, 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 is, you're trying to say that I'm all wrong here or something? Yeah. Oh, give me a break. Wait. Okay. I got to hear this. What did we accomplish in Iraq? Go ahead. Let me know. The mainstream media. Kool-Aid Forget about the media. Iraq. Forget. Wait, wait. I, I drank the mainstream. I drank the mainstream media Kool-Aid. Is that what you're telling me, Ted? Yeah. Okay. Let, Ted, 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 Ted. I was there for a year. Number one, the mainstream media, if you will remember, promoted that war, pushed that war. The New York Times sanctioned that war. Tom Friedman endorsed that war, said invade, invade, invade. Democrats voted to invade. This was not a main. I'm not mainstream media Kool-Aid. If you listen to this show, you should know by now that's that that I don't I don't go near that stuff. Okay. so you tell me, Ted, you tell me, Ted, though, forget about me. I want you to objectively make the case. What was accomplished? Okay, first, the issue of weapons of mass destruction. Did they find weapons of mass destruction that were ready to be used? See, here's, no, here, they didn't. Yeah. Uh, and? Okay, but they found, they found tens of thousands of improperly disposed of chemical weapons. Oh, that's why we went over there. Oh, they were improperly disposed of. Could you imagine the environmental risk? Tell me what else. After we environmentally disposed of those things, uh, then what else? What else did we get out of Iraq? Please tell me. Well, if you want to talk about those chemical weapons that they No, have, no, no. We already talked about them. All right, great. Now what else? What else? Have Rick Santorum on your show, and he'll tell you what they oh, I, I'm gonna. I'm going to ask Rick Santorum. I'm going to ask Rick Santorum. The first thing I'll say, Rick, is how much time did you spend in the military? You know what his answer will be? Zero, Greg. Zero. I never served a day in my, in my life. All right. I will ask him. I will then ask him how many people died uh, in the military and on the Iraqi side. He may or may not know off the top of his head. And then I'll ask him, do me a favor, Senator, name 
one person who died in Iraq, one American soldier who died in Iraq. And you know what? I'll ask you, Ted, name one American soldier by name who died in Iraq. You know, it's been a quite a while. Yeah, I know. You don't know, Ted. So do me a favor. You call here and tell me that I drank the mainstream media Kool-Aid. Sounds like you're on the mainstream media diet because none of them can name anybody either. The one I think about, the one I think about, the one I think about the most, by the way, is a guy named George Mitchell from West Virginia. I saw him six hours before he was killed. And I, gosh, did that guy, he was so cool under fire. Great guy. Hey, by the way, listen, we joined, I joined the military. It was a volunteer situation, you know, and, and you take a risk. You realize we may have bonehead presidents who will screw it up. And that's what we have here. But anyway, you've been on the phone for a long time now, and I'm waiting for something compelling. I'm waiting for something that I have not thought of or heard of. You've got to tell me right now, pal, what did we get out of it? What? How did it make the world 500, safer? 500 tons of yellow cake uranium were safely removed from Iraq. 500 tons of yellow cake uranium Thank you, Ted. Thank you. I thought that came from Niger, by the way. Anyway, Ted, yeah, that's not why we went into uh, – we didn't go in to get uranium. We went in to get nuclear weapons, okay? <laughs> we went in to get refined biological weapons, not the building blocks, not disposed of, and we just blew up the world in the in the process. It was the dumbest thing I've ever seen catastrophic failure and uh and you you have not changed my mind and i'm surprised by the way you know you 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 should know a few things about it first mainstream media kool-aid kool-aid trace that guy's number i want to get him back on the no i'm only uh, leave him alone all right one more um uh, mickey is calling from jersey somewhere hello Hey, Greg, you're absolutely right about the election problems. Uh, when uh, Governor Chitterelli was going against Murphy in New Jersey in November, I went in the machine, and um, first of all, they t- to sign in, you have to go into this computer and put your name in. Then you go in the booth, and I down-ballot Republican all the way, and they have this receipt that pops up on the right side of the machine that prints out what you who you voted for. And when the machine popped um, down for me to read it, it said governor and lieutenant governor not selected. My other Republicans were selected, and they printed it out. And I said, I was in the booth, I said, there's something wrong with this machine. And my husband was outside the machine, and I opened up the curtain to show him that it had printed out not selected. So a poll worker came over, oh. <laughs> excuse me, and the poll worker saw it, and it took her about a half hour to figure out she had to call somebody in freehold and they had to get the receipt out, and then they made me go in a different machine to vote, and then it went through. But there are problems with the machine, and they're going to have these machines back uh, for the next uh, election. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. Weird, right? Cedarelli, I love that guy. You think he's going to run again? I think he will, and he should have won. This, this. Oh, and the poll worker told my husband, she said, uh. during the early election— that people that were voting for Chitterelli, the machines were switching it over to Murphy. And the poll workers, they had well, to get... I, I mean, we, we can't verify that. Some poll worker says something, you know, it's interesting. But uh, 
Look, I, I, I was surprised. I thought I thought Trump had a real fighting chance in, in, in Jersey, and he lost by a lot. I don't think that should have uh, – I don't know. I, I, I think that Jersey could be a swing state in the future, and there was something else about that. Remember when Murphy came out and called everybody white supremacists if they went with Cedarelli? That should have ended his career forever. How the hell could he say something like that in New Jersey of all places? How many white supremacists are there? In New Jersey. Uh, all right, one more call, then it's... I don't know. Um, uh, Eric in Manhattan. Hey, Greg. I, I, it's so disgusting, this attitude that, you know, oh, the Earth is going to open up and swallow, swallow us all if Donald Trump talks about a, a bought or stolen election. This is... Look at Biden. He's a disaster. Nothing good was going to come from a, 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 somebody into office like that. You know what I mean? And they say, oh, he's got to get over it. He's got to get over it. Like Donald Trump's not over it. He's going to run on his record, and he can run on Joe Biden's record, and he's going to win. And if he doesn't, I mean, it's ridiculous. Who in yeah. on earth believes that Joe Biden got into the White House? Hey, listen, do me a favor. Everybody should do this. Uh, don't let the fake news summarize it for you. you got to listen to the entire um, CPAC speech from Trump on Saturday night. Give me a little bit of that, please. All right? Anything will do. And when you have a weak president who is not respected by other nations, you have a very chaotic world. And the world hasn't been this chaotic since World War II. I think we can say that. We can say that very strongly. I have no doubt that President Putin made his decision to ruthlessly attack Ukraine only after watching the pathetic withdrawal from Afghanistan where the military was taken out first, our soldiers were killed, and American hostages plus $85 billion worth of the finest equipment anywhere in the world were left behind. He's right. Who's going to argue with that? Can't you? How do you argue with that? It's not arguable. The guy is spot on. Give me another. This is a cut 48, please. And they so far allowed him to get away with this travesty and assault on humanity. That's what it is. This is an assault on humanity. So sad. Putin is playing Biden like a drum. And it's not a pretty thing as somebody that loves our country to watch. Just not a pretty thing to watch. It's not. And uh, he actually said he would want President Biden to succeed. Give me uh, one more here. Cut 49. Under Bush... Russia invaded Georgia. Under Obama, Russia took Crimea. Under Biden, Russia invaded Ukraine. I stand as the only president of the 21st century on whose watch Russia did not invade another country. It's right. He's right. He's right. He's right. Uh, I made that case on Newsmax last week. It was actually a very good segment. Hey, one other thing. Bill Barr, uh, the attorney general, former under Trump. Uh, I always thought he was a swamp guy. Just look at his resume. You can tell he's a bit of a swamp guy. But even if he wasn't a swamp guy, and he certainly looks like a swamp guy, I mean, just a big kind of inertia uh, bureaucrat, you know, doesn't move very fast. He came out with a book that says uh, Trump lost, Trump started the riot, and uh, there was no cheating. Now, here's what I think happened, because Barr actually very emotionally said we're playing with fire. In the campaign of 2020, 
He said, Wolf, you're playing with fire here, and people are changing the rules, and that's going to lead to all kinds of all kinds of uh, mischief, and you got it. And then he goes from that to everything's fine with the election. Well, I do think that he was afraid, certainly after Black Lives Matter summer, that if the election were contested, if Pence uh, sent those votes back to the state capitals, there would have been a riot. There would have been a, more than a riot. There would have been something close to civil war. And he just decided to appease the mob. And I think I think probably Trump humiliated him somewhere along the way. Now, if there's one thing I could if I if I could coach Trump and I'm not saying I can, but I've gotten a number of reports and I love the guy. But when you work for him, he's a very tough boss. And I hear that he likes to embarrass people in front of other people. Now, it's something I learned in the Marine Corps. You uh, praise in public and you criticize in private. All right. If your boss calls you out in front of a, a lot of people, your coworkers, you're going to hate that boss forever. I don't care what the hell happens. I don't care what they pay you. You're going to hate that boss. There's no coming back from that. And unfortunately, Trump did that at least a couple of times. And I wish he wouldn't. And there are so many things that I think he can do better in term two. Look, he had a fight for everything. He was under siege the entire time. The whole world was out to sabotage his administration. I don't blame him for having a temper. But uh, next time around, we got to clean a few things up. What do you say, huh? I'll be right back. Yeah, this uh, little clip here, it's on my Twitter, at Greg Kelly USA. Uh, Joe Biden is walking across the White House lawn, and something is wrong. You can tell he's uh, he's totally concentrating on one thing, walking. He can't. Just there's something uh, the way he's his, his knees are what's what's that the calves are moving in relation to the knees. They're swinging too much. And he's wearing his mask and he's so lonely. He's walking by himself. You know, there's a short way. We we all know how to get to the White House from the helicopter. You walk right into the White House. But he's going the long way to the Oval Office. It's a little trick. You skip the reporters. You don't see the reporters. And uh, even when he gets to the Oval Office, he seems like he's out of breath. They have to open the door for him. There's something obviously not right with this man. Uh, What else is hot right now? Uh, I've taken to criticize uh, Fox News a little bit because, uh, let's face it, after Roger Ailes departed, that place kind of lost its soul. Doesn't know what it wants to be. It's all over the place. Um, They're kind of chasing the audience they don't I don't think they really believe anything. They're just trying to figure out what the audience might like and going with that instead of kind of being at one with the audience. Uh, and who's there? Who's the favorite over there right now? Jennifer Griffin is the White House correspondent. No. What is she? The Pentagon correspondent and her new thing, her new shtick. I guess since Wallace left, there's an opportunity there for that in-house liberal. She's. Trying to correct anybody, you know, they throw to her and our, our Jennifer Griffin reports now from the Pentagon. And then she spends like 10 minutes lecturing the anchor on everything they just said that she thinks is wrong. But most of the time, she's just injecting her own opinion. So the Washington Post uh, writes these glowing profiles. And uh, I think it's uh, pretty, pretty cheesy. Uh, uh, speaking of cheesy, I'll say it. Look, I already tweeted it. I'm just not a fan. Maybe I maybe I sh- maybe this is ungentlemanly on my part, but there's that Jesse Waters. I'm sorry. I I, I just find it to be very cheesy and 
just doesn't seem like a nice guy. Does anybody remember when you went down to, down to Chinatown and made fun of everybody for being Chinese? He literally did that. I, I mean, there were like a million moments where you realize you should realize this is not a good idea. I mean, he had to do it. He had to report on it. He had to go back to the station. Then they edited it. Then they actually screened it. And then they thought, yeah, this is good. And he's just making fun of Chinese people for if, the whole time for being Chinese. It's like ethically, it was so it was it was it was racist. It was really nasty. And now he's on. Uh, he's got got the show. And here's the other thing. He's doing a very poor impression, in my opinion, of Bill O'Reilly. The mannerisms, the, uh, it's all Bill O'Reilly, but not Bill O'Reilly, so it's not its not as good. He's not – look, he's talented in some respects, but I, I just uh, – I don't like him. And uh, there was one other thing I wanted to say about him. He's uh, – yeah. It's, oh, I hear that – well, he worked on Bill O'Reilly's show for like 15 years. He he used to do those things, you know, go up to uh, go up to liberals on the street and ask them uncomfortable questions, kind of like a candid camera type thing. Anyway, Bill O'Reilly gave him incredible opportunity, and now essentially he's you know the new Bill O'Reilly of Fox News. And from what I hear, he never actually thanked Bill O'Reilly; just kind of turned his back on him. That's uh, that's not right. That's not right in my book. What do you think, Sam? Sam is calling from Rockland. Hello. How you doing, Greg? What I think is I want people to remember the night of the election when Trump was winning every, almost every single state big time at 1230, 1 o'clock in the morning. You had Biden and Kamala walking out there and telling everybody with the biggest smile, guys, don't worry, just go to sleep. Tomorrow's another day. Okay, so they knew exactly what they had put in place to rig the election. So if anybody doesn't believe it, then I have a bridge to sell you. But let me tell you something else. I keep on hearing how everybody's all pumped up that we're going to take the midterm elections because, you know, obviously Biden's record and the whole place is going down the tubes. But if there's going to be rigging and stealing elections, there's no way that you're ever going to win. Any conservative, any Republican is ever going to win an election unless you get this final voting stuff fixed once and for all. It doesn't matter the polls. It doesn't matter nothing. I agree. I agree. You got to read Molly Hemingway's book. It's called Rigged and a lot of this stuff. And don't forget, it's not just about the voting systems. It's about big tech. It's about all the money that was spent uh, by Facebook. Uh, They did a lot of things, and I think they'll do them all again, and we got to face this. And they're trying to delegitimize us for talking about it, for facing up and discussing it. Oh, no. Or they're just trying to nudge us. Oh, no, don't, don't, don't. Got to look ahead. Let's not play the blame game. I hate that slogan. Let's not play the blame game. Um, Hey, there's something else. Did you hear a January 6th guy really sadly killed himself? He didn't hurt anybody didn't break anything and they hit him with a new raft of federal charges jill biden just put out on twitter if you're feeling down about ukraine reach out for mental health and a link to the government mental health website i called it guess what it is a suicide hotline how many people are thinking about suicide just by watching tv i don't think so be right back How long would it take America to take over a country like Ukraine if we really wanted to? And we don't want to. We wouldn't do that, although we've done it before. Remember when we invaded Iraq? And you already know how I feel about that. 
It was 6,000 miles away. America is the only country that can do that. Load up all the stuff, all the gear, all the ammunition, all the people, fly it, ship it, drag it 6,000 miles away, unload it, deploy it. It is so unbelievably complex. People like Paul Wolfowitz, even, uh, what was his name, Uh, uh, Dick Cheney had no idea, no idea what goes into it. Um, Invading a country that's right next door to yours is comparatively much easier. But um, the Ukrainians are showing such fight, and social media has made such a difference here. Everybody now, everybody's got a phone. And have you been looking at uh, Instagram? That's the place to go to see uh, wild, disturbing, sometimes inspiring uh, footage. And speaking of inspiring, Zelensky himself. Zelensky, the Ukraine president, walking around like a, like a hero. I think he is a hero. He doesn't want to ride home. He doesn't want to, uh, he wasn't, doesn't want to be airlifted to Switzerland. He wants ammo and guns. There's a good chance he's going to die in all this. But actually, I think a better chance that they will broker a peace in Belarus. That's where the negotiations are happening. Uh, Zelensky already said neutrality is something that uh, we can talk about. Just a promise to not invade, not be join uh, NATO. And anybody know anything about the Minsk Accords? It's very important to Putin. And if they abide by the Minsk Agreement, maybe you guys can have your own country. Uh, but Putin is getting ants in his pants. He's been there for 20 years now, 69 years old. He's got an opportunity. Um, Biden just rolled over in Afghanistan. He's about as weak a president as we've ever seen. He's going to do something. If he's going to restore the glory of uh, the former Soviet Union, is that what he wants? I've heard that. Do we really know if that's what he wants, the USSR? Because the USSR wasn't that glorious. Yes, it was big, but it had all kinds of problems. I mean, it was just a mess in every way, and it crumbled, remember? They just could not sustain it. And Ronald Reagan basically outspent it. When we had that incredible arms race in 1981, we won. They lost. They couldn't hack it. Who remembers Star Wars, Strategic Defense Initiative, SDI? One of the reasons we came up with that is was just to freak out the Russians. SDI basically... Never worked, couldn't work, certainly not with the technology we had at the time. But just the fact that we were pursuing it, that we were funding it, totally freaked out Russia. And they could not keep up. They collapsed under uh, their own weight. Does Putin really want all that stuff back? He's He's got a much better life now than he did in 1985 when he was just some uh, random KGB guy. Right? Am I Am I simplifying this too much? I watched his speech the other night, and I read his essay from uh, July of last year outlining the Ukraine, and it's a complex racial uh, argument as well. They're descendants of the Tartars, or the Tartars are from the ancient Rus people. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Some people are saying he's lost his mind. I don't think that's the case. He looks like the same old Putin to me. Hey, when they talked about collusion with Trump, we know that's a lie. But collusion with the fake news, you know, all this Black Lives Matter stuff that's been festering for about 10 years now. I think it's 10 years since Trayvon Martin. A great big, uh, a great big lie, by the way, 
and George Zimmerman was not guilty. But the Russians tried to fuel racial strife. They continue to fuel racial strife in this country. Here is an NBC News report from 2019. Intelligence experts said, yes, these viral Karen videos, well, they're becoming viral because Russia wants black people and white people to not like each other anymore. Cut 30. Tonight, the president said this. No one expected the sanctions Stop. to prevent. Stop. Stop. That's not what we're talking about. Uh, let's see here. Where is the stuff about? Ah, yeah, sorry. Cut 33. These videos and dozens of others, all inflaming racial tensions in America, did not go viral by accident. They were pushed and promoted by Russian operatives, according to new research by cyber experts at Clemson University. Some of these stories would have never gone viral without the influence of Russian disinformation. Their ultimate goal is to divide this country. Isn't that fascinating? That's from 2019. What happened in 2020? Black Lives Matter. What happened? The Chauvin tape went viral with a push from the Russians, probably. Look, that was a uh, terrible thing. Although, as we've talked about before, the mainstream media and probably the Russians as well, they omitted things that I still can't get over that guy, Ted, calling from New Jersey, saying that I was drinking the fake news Kool-Aid because I'm comfortable calling out the Iraq war for the disgraceful catastrophe that it was. Very few people in the fake news say that, by the way, because you know who said that was Trump. He and I agreed. Only difference was I was there. I saw it myself. I knew it was a waste of time. You can go look it up. The mainstream media bent over backwards promoting that war, defending that war. Yeah, over time they turned on it. But no, the New York Times, the New York Times helped sanction that war. Remember the WMD and all that stuff? And uh, Judy Miller, who, by the way, is, I like her a lot, great reporter, but she was fed, it's really not her fault, she was fed a line of crap from the Bush administration. She was fed lies. I don't really blame her personally, but she, they were giving her information that was wrong. And they knew that they would print it because... It was coming from high-level people. Scooter Libby, chief of staff to Dick Cheney, CIA people. Yeah. All right. But what are you going to do? Now we have a world where generals say they're less afraid of threats from the outside than they are of extremism in the ranks. Can you imagine that? We've got Putin talking about nuclear weapons right now. And our Pentagon for the past two years has been saying... We're concerned about extremism in the ranks. We're concerned about white supremacy. We're concerned about uh, the Confederate flag uh, on a bumper sticker. I was in the military for nine years active duty. I'm trying to think of the only time I ever saw a Confederate flag, maybe in my life, apart from television, I think was on Hempstead Turnpike. There was a Charlie Daniels concert at uh, at NASA Coliseum. I think that's the only time I've ever actually seen one. They acted like it's a – I had a friend of mine in the military call me. He was tickled pink because the military decided no more Confederate flags. 
Like, when the hell's the last time you saw a Confederate flag, period? It's a solution to where there was no problem. Anyway, now we've got everybody at each other's throats. Now we actually have an Army second lieutenant who happens to be black. When he gets pulled over by the police, he doesn't have to get out of the car. He doesn't have to comply. Why? Because, well, haven't you seen the news? Cut 34. Listen to this. How many occupants are in the vehicle? What's going on? How many occupants are in your vehicle? It's only myself. Why are your weapons drawn? What's going on? Open the door slowly. Step out. Open the door. I'm not getting out the vehicle. What's going on? Get out of the car. Open the door slowly and get out. What's going on? So that guy just sits in the car and doesn't comply with cops. And finally, you know, the cops pull him over because his lights are off and he has no license plate. They put on their light and siren. He keeps driving for another couple of miles and pulls into a gas station. That's going to agitate the cops, don't you think? Somebody doesn't pull over. Why aren't they pulling over? What's going on? No license plate. What the hell's going on with this guy? That's an anxious situation. It's one of the most dangerous things a cop engages in. A pull out, pulling somebody over, you have no idea who they are. No license plate, you can't find out who they are. So this son of a, what's his name, Nazario, he's originally from Brooklyn, the guy, what's going on? I don't know. I'm not getting out of the car. So they fire the cops. He gets a medal. The chief of staff of the Army says he's a good guy and we're proud of him. And now he's suing, and he might get a million dollars, many millions of dollars, for the inconvenience. He's the one who did. So is that the is that the rule? We don't have to get out when the cop says something. We just can blow it off. I don't think that's going to work. This is not how you have a civil. This 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 is not how civilization works. Am I right? Of course I am. I'm kind of curious a little bit about what Katenji Brown Jackson thinks of this stuff, our new Supreme Court nominee. You may have heard me say this. Look, I'm not going to wage a big ideological battle against her. I know we're probably at odds. Certainly not going to go scorched earth on her like they did on Justice Kavanaugh. One of the most disgraceful things I've ever seen. That in Iraq, by the way. (laughs) Those, Those two moments. Here she is, the judge, talking about how she became a Supreme Court nominee. Got 37. I must begin these very brief remarks by thanking God for delivering me to this point in my professional journey. My life has been blessed beyond measure, and I do know that one can only come this far by faith. Isn't that beautiful? I also heard her say, hey, look, when it comes to the law, it's not my opinion. It's what the law says. I can live with that. And even if she is a whack job liberal, well, she's replacing another whack job liberal, Stephen Breyer. So this is not a decisive. uh, um, This won't be a decisive justice. It's just it's just she's going to fill a slot, the liberal slot, one of the liberal slots. It'd be great if we had a conservative. I you know, there was a time, what do they call the principle? Advise and consent. The Senate, the Senate's supposed to say what they think of the person and then basically give them the thumbs up, unless they're a degenerate criminal. And I don't, she doesn't strike me as a degenerate criminal, right? No, of course not. 
Oh, one other thing I had to tell you. I was at the gym today. What would you do? You know, I can't, I mean, I like these guys, but I don't like them at the same time. I'm doing my workout, and I see this guy looking at me, and I, it's not what you think. I just, I, I he's one of those gym rats, and he's going to tell me how that I'm doing the workout wrong. And I can tell he wants to say something, and I'm just doing the thing, and just give me a break. You know, everybody has their own idea of what good form is. You lift the weight, you put it down, and somehow your arms get tired, and then you become more muscular over time. That's how it works. Everybody's got their own little trick. Very nice guy. I don't think he wasn't up to anything. He really meant well. But he follows me out of the gym and says, hey, I got a tip for you about how you're – I'm like, oh, no, thank you. Next time. Next time. (laughs) Hey, thank you for – let's talk about it next time. I just couldn't – I think I think he's a personal trainer looking for business. You ever get that? Those personal trainers, they're always saying hello to you and this and that, and they want you to sign up for the lessons. And those guys can help you, but I don't work well with them. Basically because I'm the boss and I can fire them at any time. I mean, not fire them, but I can blow it off. I can say, you know what? Let's knock it off 20 minutes early today. Some people say you hire a trainer to push you, but that doesn't work that way because you write the check. They're they're really good people, but uh, anyway, didn't work out for me. And one call before I go, uh, it's Peter in South Carolina. Hey, Greg. Peter. Greg, yeah, let me turn the volume down. Um, I'm driving down to South Carolina, and I'm listening to you and uh, about your um, uh, suggestion. I guess i got to turn it up a little bit to hear you. But the uh, idea is, number one, the uh, idea with the guys working out, uh, sometimes they will see something that could injure you. But I wanted to talk about Putin. Uh, Putin probably, after all this, shouldn't really be uh, president anymore. I don't see how you can allow a guy after he's going to be going to war crimes, uh, his generals are potentially up for war crimes investigation. So, uh uh, I don't see Putin really surviving this. Uh, he may not be. Look, I don't have enough of a read on how the Russian people are feel about this. The Russian people, I saw a little blurb from a Moscow correspondent who said the Russian people are on Putin's side. Uh, there's very little that's been written about this. Have you heard that, that the Russian people like this? There's like a news blackout. I mean, I would like to know a little bit about what they're thinking. I know all about the Ukrainians. We know where they're coming from. Have you heard that, Peter? Uh, well, I'm hearing, I'm seeing, I'm listening, and uh, it doesn't seem like the majority of the people that are being arrested uh, with the potential of going to jail for 20 years are uh, willing you, you, to you're, you're talking about the protesters, but what about rank-and-file people? Look, I mean, it, it, he's, his position is definitely... Uh, not as secure as it was uh, two weeks ago. That's that's obvious. But uh, we will see. Peter, safe trip. I got to go. Uh, safe drive down there. Uh, I, I, lo- I used to love driving all the way down to Florida. No time. I'll be right back. <sighs> yes. You tell me. Isn't it kind of fishy where Biden goes on the weekends? He goes to Delaware. Delaware. Didn't he go into politics to get the hell out of Delaware? 
I mean, <laughs> I, why would he go to Delaware twice? Twice. Well, he's got two houses in Delaware. He's got the mansion. He's got the beach house. Nobody can see him coming and going. What's going on with that? That's, you know, oh, Trump went to Mar-a-Lago. Everybody could see him. He was right there. He loved the press. This guy goes into isolation for two days. Did Obama do that? Where did Obama go? This guy goes into isolation for two days. Uh, there's something odd about that, especially his age. What's going on at those homes that we don't know about? Uh, I'd like to know. I'd like to know. What do you think? There's something up. And the way he walked today, this just weird, slow gait, 79 years old. Hey, why is it that he stayed in the basement for a year? He knew something about the election. Any normal person running for office would run for office. You run like a maniac. You run like you're never going to get to run again if you lose. He didn't. Why is that? That's uh, it's oddball stuff, everybody. Oddball stuff. And I'm not, I'm not, uh, something is being held from us, as we all know. All right. Again, I have to tell you, President Trump is the reason why the Russians are being repelled right now in Ukraine. The Javelin anti-tank missiles, which are very efficient, very easy to use. They're relatively cheap. He was giving the Ukraines, Ukrainians lethal weaponry, lethal weaponry. That's the chief distinction. Uh, Obama was giving them blankets. Obama was giving them uh, of MREs and food. They wanted weapons. They wanted ammunition. Now the whole world is falling all over themselves, giving Ukraine stuff, but it's too late. If you send weapons now, how the hell are you going to get them there? How are they actually going to meet up with the military? It is so complex. It's too late. But, hey, Ukrainians are doing very well. Hey, do we have this? I hope it's in English, by the way. Uh, This is the Ukrainian president. Let's see here. Hold on. Did you know Zelensky used to be a comedian, by the way? He used to be a comedian. Everybody knew him. Cut nine. Let me hear what he says here. Do not believe in fake information. I am here. We will be defending our country because our strength is in our truth. We will be defending our country. Glory to Ukraine. Glory to Ukraine. I love it. And uh, let's see, a little bit more from Zelensky. Boy, this guy's been through a lot, huh? Remember, all we talked about for a year was that silly phone call. Cut 10. We are all here. Our soldiers are here. The citizens are here. And we are here. We defend our independence. That's how it'll go. It's got to get the same interpreter. It confuses me a little bit, the uh, the second one. Uh, now, the the... the if you've seen the heartbreaking, heartbreaking pictures here and uh, people kind of huddling in those uh, subway stations, shelters, cut six. 
I was feeling myself here like in the bad comedy. Don't look up. Have you watched this comedy? Now like the end of the world is coming, a big asteroid is falling and we are discussing something like potential theoretical dangers to Americans and the other countries, which is very surreal and it, it, it's funny and horrifying at the same time. Are you guys over there more afraid of Putin than we are afraid here? Are you afraid to provoke like more of aggression from him? Just listen. Were we doing anything wrong like at all to provoke aggression of Russia. Do you think you can do something wrong to escalate the conflict? Wow. She asked if we're more afraid of Putin here than there. That's a good question for Joe. I'll be back. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. Oh, tomorrow night is the State of the Union. How is the State of the Union anything but ridiculously poor and weak? What You know, they always say that. It's like kind of a, it's a, it's a mandatory line. The State of the Union is strong. He can't say that. We are damaged at home. We are damaged overseas. Anyone can see it. It's obvious. What and how is he going to make it? How is he going to make it through such a speech? The endurance, the stamina. It's one of the reasons why I guess he had to go away this weekend for as long as he did. Does that make sense? I think so. All right. Once again, we want that doctor in Queens to get well. I saw some footage from Seattle. Seattle actually looks worse than New York City. You know, I've only seen one person in my life shooting up on the street. That wasn't that long ago. It was about six months ago. Somebody was shooting up right there at the top of a subway. He was shooting, you know, what is it, heroin, fentanyl, I don't know, right into his vein. I've only seen that once. In this one clip that I'm going to show you tonight on Newsmax, you'll see it like 50 people are all shooting up right there on the sidewalk. Seattle is even worse than uh, a New York City right now. Smash and grabs are like no big deal. It's the new normal. And cops are understandably um, reluctant sometimes to get involved. It is a sick new world. Bill in New Jersey, you know what I mean? Yes, Greg, thank you for taking my call. And first of all, I'd like to say that I turned my brother-in-law and my sister, Craig and Barbara, onto your show, uh, telling them to listen to the radio because they don't think they can hear the truth anymore. And I said, turn on 770, and you will hear Greg Kelly speaking the truth. Here's what will happen tomorrow night with the president. And by the way, I think he hides in Delaware because I think deep inside he's really scared. That voice in the back of his head says, Joe, you don't know how to be a president. And I think he is really sensitive to that. Um, Tomorrow night. All the people, all the Democrats will cheer and say, Joe is great. America is strong. We are in wonderful shape. But the truth of the matter is, um, here's what he should say. If he wants to be honest, he should tell the American people and the whole world, I'm a failure and walk away. Well, uh, yeah, that would be uh, if they give him the truth serum, if they give him the sodium pentothal, he'll do something like that. That's not I don't think that's in store. Uh, it's it is strange though. He can't, you know, you can't say America is doing well with a straight face. 
Is he going to acknowledge our very severe, his very severe limitations and our um, uh, horrible setbacks? I wonder. Anyway, Bill, thank you. I will be watching. Uh, and thank you for that. Tell them about the Newsmax show at 7. We are doing some very exciting things. Rich. Rich is in Brooklyn. Hello. Hey, Greg, how, how are you? I, I wanted to call about um, uh, Donald Trump over the weekend at, at CPAC, but um, I, I got to get back to Biden. I, I, all due respect to you, to Mayor Giuliani. If anybody thinks this guy is calling the shots, they're nuts. This guy is nothing but a pinata these days. He, he's, he's Putin's silent partner. So any state of the union, it's rhetoric. Well, wait a second. Hold on a second. I don't know. You're saying like Giuliani and I uh, disagree with you. We've pointed out the guy is compromised. He has taken money from Ukraine and Russia. That has got he is totally compromised. Who knows how that's affected his decision making. But here's the other thing. I've gone back and forth on this. You know, Obama's really the one calling the shots. Lately, I do think it's him. He is a nasty yeller. Um you know, who is actually, if not him, who's running it? I mean, who do you think is running it? Forget Putin. that He's not actually. Who in the White House is in charge? Susan Rice, Ron Klain. I've looked into it. I don't think that's the case. They do have a lot of authority. They do stuff that Joe doesn't care about. But Joe is still yelling at people and trying to and driving the agenda. He's a puppet. That, that That's all he is. He, he has no input. I would say Harris. Has more input. No, Harris. Nobody, nobody likes Harris. Harris is done. Remember, Oliver. No, check it out. All, the staff is quitting left and right. Nobody likes Harris. And uh, no, 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 no. She is, she is alone and uh, in the cold. Not much going on there. Hold on, Barry. Barry in Long Island. Yes. Hey, Greg. So uh, I'm a guy that's uh, in his mid seventies. There are a few, few things I learned along the way. And uh, I'm going to tell you something that's completely counterintuitive to how most people think, because the jackals are out there all the time, and they're just waiting for weakness. And I'm going to be kind when I say our president is weak. Uh, He's more than weak. But here's what I think the policy of the United States should actually be, and that's this. If a country decides to move in on a free democracy— and I use that word in stone, okay, then what's going to happen is we're going to nuke you, okay? We're going to take your major cities out. Now, Hey, Barry, yeah? that's a dumb idea. No, it's not. Yeah, it I is. Have to it by how, many, how many children do you want to kill? How many children do you think are uh, – so, so – Putin has moved into a Democrat country, and if you were, if it was President Barry right now, you'd retaliate with nuclear weapons. No, you know, no, there's I a well. You said something along those lines. Well, I would preface it by saying, I would preface it by saying, I want to be your friend. We could be a great friend to every country on the planet. But if you decide to move in and do something like this, yeah. there's no turning back. All right, Barry. Well, listen, I, uh, you do know that Russia has nuclear weapons as well. Okay, there are plenty of countries that have nuclear weapons too, so uh, I don't uh, I don't think that's a practical uh, solution uh, to much of anything. 
and, um, uh, you know, uh, nuclear weapons, a lot of collateral damage, man. You don't just take out the troops. You take out the women and the children and the schools and the churches and all that stuff. We don't want nukes, Barry. Okay? Barry's thinking about it. All right. One more. Bill in Long Island. Yes. Hey, Greg, thanks for taking my call. Love your show. Just a, a simple question, and that is, if it was so easy for Putin to rig an election in the United States for Donald Trump, then why doesn't he rig an election in the Ukraine and install a Russian puppet? Ah, yeah, no, I see what you're getting at. I mean, obviously, he didn't rig it in 2016 for Trump. They spent $100,000 on Facebook ads, and if they really did have that kind of uh, uh, wherewithal, they could have thrown this election uh, to Zelensky. I don't know enough about Ukrainian politics to know who the hell was he running against anyway. Poroshenko? I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's an interesting point. Interesting observation, Bill. Where on Long Island are you? I'm in Patchogue. Patchogue. Suffolk County. Yeah. Isn't that where the Navy SEAL was from? Yes. Yeah, Lieutenant Murphy. God bless him. Yeah, wow. A, a genuine American hero from Patchogue, Long Island. Lieutenant Murphy. What was his first name? Oh, man. Mike Murphy, remember. Patrick Murphy. We'll yeah. look it up. We'll look it up. I believe he died in Afghanistan. A Navy SEAL. And I, I heard that there's a... Navy SEAL Museum that's going to go up in Patchogue. That would be pretty cool. Hey, you know, there's one other guy from your town, not as illustrious. Uh, what the hell was his name again? I'm sorry. The guy in the Fatal Vision case, Dr. Jeffrey McDonald. Do you know what I'm talking about? It sounds familiar. Sounds Dr. Familiar. Jeffrey McDonald was convicted of killing his wife and two kids in 1970 on an army base in North Carolina, it became a big book called Fatal Vision and a big TV movie also called Fatal Vision. But here's the thing. I think the guy's innocent. I think the guy is innocent. I've looked into the case in great detail, and uh, there is a woman with a floppy hat who the cops saw on the way over to the house. And the first thing he said, it was a rainy night, 2 in the morning, and the cops get there, and they're like, oh, who did this? And he said, a woman in a floppy hat. And the cop is like, I saw a woman a mile from here. And he goes, Joe, send a patrol car over there. But Joe had never been to a murder scene before, and he didn't send anybody. He was just, like, shocked that he saw all this blood. And that right there is uh, highly exculpatory. And if, I know some of you know what I'm talking about. The Fatal Vision case, Jeffrey McDonald, about two years ago, believe it or not, I visited the guy in jail. We were talking about doing a little uh, podcast interview. Can't remember why it didn't all come about, but uh, I think the guy is in jail for a crime he didn't commit. He got he was convicted of basically being a little bit weird. He's a little bit different from from most people. And the jury did not like him. And that's why he's in jail. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine going to jail for a crime you didn't commit? You know, Netflix is full of these documentaries now. The guy didn't do it, but they're very one-sided. They leave out the information. They leave out, you know, they just, it's, they pick the facts they want you to uh, know, and they ignore the ones that don't fit uh, the story they want to tell. Hey, I got one more. Sorry. Uh, Rob in North Haven, Connecticut. Uh, North Haven or New Haven? It's North Haven. We're, we're just above uh, New Haven. Greg. That makes sense. What's up? Hi. Uh, what do you think of the, of the thought? As you might know, uh, in 1905, Teddy Roosevelt brokered the Russia-Sino War uh, and basically insisted, I think it was on Bill O'Reilly today earlier, that the two sides get together. And because his personality was so strong, just like former President Trump, he was successful in it. What do you think about encouraging 
former President Trump to go to Europe and do the same thing, insist on a on a uh, summit meeting. John Kerry did this all the time after he was out of office, and, and we yeah, well, he did it, and it was in violation of the law. You know, there's that thing called the Logan Act. First of all, they're never going to dispatch. I mean, they wouldn't let Trump conduct foreign policy. When he was president, you think they're going to let him conduct foreign policy when he's a private citizen? The cops, the FBI will be waiting for him at the airport. It's an interesting idea, but it will never happen. What did what's his name say he could? Did Is that what O'Reilly said? No, no. This is what Rob DePeace is saying. I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> O'Reilly talked about how great President uh, Teddy Roosevelt was. Well, he sure was. He sure was. You ever been to Sagamore Hill on Long Island? It's amazing. You can see where he died. You can see where he gave those amazing speeches. Native New Yorker. The guy wrote something like 500 books. Most people can't read 500 books. He wrote 500 books, became an assemblyman at 23, police commissioner, all these, governor. And and he's writing books at the same time. Edward on Long Island. Hi. It was Lieutenant Michael Murphy from uh, Patchogue. Ah, good. In 2005, he was killed. In 2005, you said? What? 2005 in Afghanistan. Wow. What an amazing guy. And that SEAL training is really intense, maybe even too intense. I've met some of his uh, distant relatives, and uh, I always think about him when I pass Patchogue on the road. Lieutenant Michael Murphy. Edward, thank you for letting us know. I'll be right back. Talk Radio 77 All day long, people are asking Republicans to condemn President Trump because he said this. How bad is this? Cut 48. And they so far allowed him to get away with this travesty and assault on humanity. That's what it is. This is an assault on humanity. So sad. Putin is playing Biden like a drum, and it's not a pretty thing as somebody that loves our country to watch. Just not a pretty thing to watch. Not a pretty thing. Now, cut 52. There's one other thing they found totally offensive. Cut 52. Yesterday, reporters asked me if I thought President Putin was smart. I said, of course he's smart, to which I was greeted with, oh, that's such a terrible thing to say. (laughs) I'd like to tell the truth. Yes, he's smart. The NATO nations and indeed the world, as he looks over what's happening strategically, with no repercussions or threats whatsoever, they're not so smart. They're looking the opposite of smart. If you take over Ukraine, we're going to sanction you, they say. Sanction? Well, that's a pretty weak statement. Putin is saying, oh, they're going to sanction me. They sanctioned me for the last 25 years. You mean I can take over a whole country and they're going to sanction me? You mean they're not going to blow us to pieces at least psychologically the problem is not that putin is smart which of course he's smart but the real problem is that our leaders are dumb (laughs) dumb 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 so now i i do have to mention that he also said and this was totally appropriate and uh just like everything he just said was appropriate but this, this, this is what, this is very presidential, right? Cut 50. The Russian attack on Ukraine is appalling. It's an outrage and an atrocity that should never have been allowed to occur. It never would have occurred. 
We are praying for the proud people of Ukraine. God bless them all. God bless them all. How beautiful is that? And then the fake note, the fake news says that those comments should be condemned, condemned. George Stephanopoulos, the dean of the fake news, now that Chris Wallace seems to be gone, uh, is interviewing Tom Cotton, about as thoughtful a guy as you can find on this stuff. Cut 43. Why can't you condemn Donald Trump for those comments? Why can't you condemn? George, if you want to know what Donald Trump thinks about Vladimir Putin or any other topic, I'd encourage you to invite him on your show. Now, here's what Tom Cotton should have said. I heard what he said, and it was just fine. He said it was an atrocity. Maybe he didn't watch the CPAC speech. Um, Here's something else. Uh, Cut 43. The second 43. You're a senior member of the Republican Party. Donald Trump is the leader of the Republican Party. He said last night again, suggested that he would be running for president. When Fox News asked him if he had a message for Vladimir Putin, he said he has no message. Why can't you condemn that? I feel quite confident that if Donald, that if Barack Obama or Joe Biden said something like that, you'd be first in line to criticize him. Again, George, if you want to talk to the former president about his views or his message, you can have him on your show. You know, we want, he, he asked once, twice. He asked five times, Stephanopoulos did, about Trump to Tom Cotton. This is a junior senator from Arkansas. What is Cut 45. If Donald Trump runs again, can you support him? George, I'm not worried about this fall's election right now, much less an election two years from now. I'm focused on the naked war of aggression that Vladimir Putin has launched in Ukraine right Excellent. now. Excellent. All right. Wait, here's the and then, then we'll wrap things up with cut 45. The last one. President Trump was former President Trump was out there talking about it last night. I simply don't understand why you can't condemn his praise of Vladimir Putin. George, again, I don't speak on behalf of other politicians. They. You know how many times the fake news has called Putin smart, savvy, uh, you know, a a skilled operator? I saw him on the cover of a magazine. He's holding a glass of champagne. It says Vlad the Great. He's uh, he's a smart guy. He stayed there for 20 years. He might be evil. Yes, we don't like him. True. Um, But these little cheap games they play. You never notice that nobody other than me probably has brought up the Sunday shows in about 20 years. I watch them for, I don't know, maybe I should boycott them. Maybe I should boycott them. What difference does it make what George Stephanopoulos says or thinks or his observations? Really? I'm going to boycott him. You want to join? No, you're already not watching. That's okay. Gail, what's going on? Hello. Hi, Greg. Good afternoon. Listen, Nancy won't have to uh, rip up the State of the Union address. Thank God, because it would be thin like the New York Times. She can hang up, uh, she can hold up cards that say the word he really meant and this word because he'll mumble through it if they have it, if they don't cancel it with the excuse of war because they don't want to watch all the truckers that are going to come on and protest. Oh, those truckers, I hope they blow their horns and they can hear it inside the Capitol. That would be great. And you're right. When Nancy Pelosi tore up that speech, it was a disgrace. What horrific behavior. And there, I, was in sh- I remember when it happened live, I could not believe it. And barely a word about it. Because the fake news, they knew that that was indefensible. You don't do something like that. There was plenty that Trump talked about that night that was, like, not controversial. 
You know, you know, uh, 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 scholarships for war widows. You know, I mean, who's going to boo that? The Democrats found a way. Uh, uh, discounts for uh, um, orphans, uh, uh, tuition. I mean, who's going to say no to that? But she tore it all up. Uh, uh, so we'll see. We'll see tomorrow. Uh, gosh, how many people are going to be there? It's Nancy. She's 80. Joe is 79. Who's the other one who sits there? It's Oh, is it Schumer? No. No, it's the vice president. What am I talking about? Kamala Harris will be there. It should be fun to watch her. She's going to be... Uh, She's, she's, well, what a spectacle. All right. Uh, got to go across the street here in a moment for the Newsmax show, which comes on at seven o'clock. Uh, I encourage you to watch it. Uh, we're doing exciting things over there. And, uh, finally, uh, Steve, what's on your mind? Hey, Greg. Uh, the election irregularities discussed by two callers in the last hour. That's what I called about. But let me just say for, Tom Cotton proved by what those sound clips you played, he's not ready for prime time. GOP, keep him on the bench, number one. Number two, let me congratulate you. You are the only commentator I've heard to give credit to Trump. He provided the armory that the Ukrainians are now using to the extent they're able to repel the attack. It came because of Trump. And that, and well, that was- I, gotta, I appreciate it, but I don't think I'm the only one out there. That's been mentioned before. Hey, wait, Tom Cotton. Tom Cotton is uh, pretty good. I mean— I thought he was strong yesterday. Yes, his answer could have been better. I think he probably missed the speech. And, oh, by the way, you know, some of these things that Trump says, you know, like some people find it hard to, you know, they they can't get their arms around it intellectually. Most of the Republicans are like that. You know, have you noticed? A lot of Republicans are like that. You and me, we can handle it. Not everybody can. Why don't you like Tom Cotton? The way he handled it yesterday, Greg, that's a feckless Republican. See, Trump was waiting in the aftermath of that 2020 debacle, which is really what I called about, for people like Cotton to get on board and say, something smells really rotten here. And where were they? Crickets, Greg. But let me just address the other callers real quick, because I know I'm limited, right? It's happened. The reason Trump keeps bringing up the 2020 election, there's no redo. He's gone. He knows it. He's got to run again. It's because it's happened three times since. The two Georgia senatorial elections and right here in New Jersey, Greg, I don't know how closely you were paying attention, but I was. What, the Cittarelli? Cittarelli won. Same thing. He was winning late until the night. Check it out. And then they stopped the count to find votes, all right, in heavily Democratic areas. Essex County, Hudson County, Bergen County. Okay, so you can comment on that. Let me make a suggestion for you tomorrow on Bumper Tune. Truck Driving Man, Leonard Skinner, great tune. Play it, man. Uh, no, the only, uh, uh, Leonard Skinner song I like is Freebird. Um, I, I, uh, there's nothing else I like by that band. Um, but thank you. You made a lot of great points, Steve. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, I made, uh, and by the way, Freebird, I know that's low hanging fruit when it comes to Leonard Skinner, but it is an awesome song. Uh, thank you. I'll see you tonight on Newsmax at seven. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh. The joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.